Hey, Kate. Yeah? Do we give legal advice on this podcast? Oh, gosh, no. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, inappropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Hello, welcome to the Hostile Work Environment Podcast. My name is Mark Alifans. I'm here as always with Kate Bischoff, whose name I will not <laughs> mess up today. Good job, Kate, good job. What's going on? The world is crumbling all around me. As many of our listeners and viewers know, I live in Minneapolis. And so it has been a difficult week to say the least for folks here. Um, so yeah. And the challenge. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. You know, I I share a lot of your angst <laughs> around uh-huh. around the state of the world. Um, I am not quite as close to it as you are, uh, physically, but maybe <laughs> emotionally, in some ways, I I feel pretty close to it. It feels like if oh man, just the the year just keeps compounding on itself. And yes. It's been rough. And I, you know, I've been of a state of mind, you know, as we record this on a Friday afternoon, uh, I have been pretty quiet on social media this week, because I just haven't felt like I have a whole lot constructive to add to the conversation, uh, other than outrage, and I'm, I'm feeling outrage fatigue a little bit doesn't mean I'm not feeling it. But there's only so much I feel like you can, you can do. And I Mm -hmm. want to be productive with what I'm putting out there. So it's been rough. And we thought, you know, uh, that it would be good for us to use our platform here to talk a little bit about what's going on, kind of as a vent session. Uh, we're not going to get too political about it, but you all know that we're too too far lefties as it is. So, um, you know, if you if we haven't already put you off because of that, you're probably you're probably not too much in disagreement with us about about politics and the state of the world. So. Some of that may slip into this conversation, but I thought, uh, and you agreed when we talked about it, that we should talk a little bit about the things that are going on in the world this week. Um, and, you know, we don't need to to beat a horse about it, but I do think it's worth bringing them up. Each one of them has at least some small employment context to it, so we'll talk about mm-hmm. that. Then we have a couple of stories that maybe you haven't heard, so we're going to mm-hmm. talk about those as well. So. Why don't we start out with the local issue to you? Okay. Um, and why don't you set the stage? I mean, I think everybody's heard about it, but why don't you set the stage for what's been going on in Minneapolis this week? Uh, on Monday evening, Memorial Day, at approximately 8.20, a phone call was made to police alleging that there had been a forgery of a fake $20 bill that in on the corner of 38th and Chicago in Minneapolis which is on the on the south side but pretty central within the city of Minneapolis um in a very historic neighborhood uh two police officers arrived uh started talking to a black man named George Floyd, um, who then two other officers arrived. And by the end of that event, Mr. Floyd had died. Uh, He had three police officers on top of him at the time, including one who was kneeling on his neck, which was an unlawful uh, 
container or a chokehold. Um, and Mr. Floyd was heard asking for his mother and saying that I can't breathe. It is very reminiscent of the Eric Garner case and other, the, the list is so long of our African-American brothers and sisters who have perished at the hands of police officers. And that has resulted in a great deal of protests that have turned violent in some instances. And for a lot of my clients, they are dealing with, we are angry too, but how do we support our employees who want to go protest? And how do we keep them safe? So a part of my work the past couple of days, in particular this morning, was drafting statements to employees saying we support you and we will not take disciplinary action if even if you are arrested or detained. Um, it, we won't make those disciplinary decisions solely based on those things. If you want to go express your outrage, go do it. I'd expect so. nothing less from your client base, such a progressive uh, approach <laughs> to handling this. Uh, kudos to all of them for looking at it with such um, it was such a viewpoint. Yeah, you know, and there's there's been some discussion amongst the HR world. But, well, how can you keep employing someone who's been arrested? Well, I said, you know, at approximately or early this morning, between six and seven, seven and eight, a CNN crew was on air and being arrested by police officers for doing their job. So separate the part that the four officers involved have not been arrested at the time. I mean, one has been arrested since. Um, and you're arresting journalists, all arrests don't have much credibility at this point in time. And just the very nature of an arrest doesn't mean that you should be disciplined in some way. And so we're looking at, we're upset too, our community is hurting and we need to be cognizant of that. So, yeah. Uh, so I, in terms of transitioning the direct employment consequences, those are indirect and and mm -hmm. and important. What uh what has happened to the officers in terms of their employment? They were fired within 24 hours, which is very very unusual uh, for most police departments, but in particular for Minnesota for Minneapolis. Minneapolis does not engage in much police officer discipline. But in this case, they were fired within 24 hours. Chief Art Rondo made that decision. So. Yeah, I was surprised to see that it happened so quickly, especially given that there's inevitably going to be some union backlash, uh, I would think, around that. Um, the union president here in Minneapolis is not a great man. He, I would say he, in many cases, he is awful. In a lot of things, my opinion, I, I'm, I will go to my grave with that and I'm happy to support that position. But even he has been quiet on this time. Um, they, the union has been making statements that they want the investigation to be completed before. Um, but, you know, the lack of action by law enforcement to arrest these four has led to a lot of this protest and violence. And so I'm hoping with the arrest of the one officer that things might get a little bit calmer this weekend. Right, and and just for those, things may happen between now and when this episode comes out. Again, you know, we like to knock down the fourth wall here. It's Friday <laughs> afternoon as we're recording yeah. this and it'll come out Monday morning. Uh, in our timeline right now, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the one officer was just arrested within the last hour or two. 
Right. Um, so that's another. With, yeah. Charged with third degree murder and um, manslaughter after it was discovered that he knew Mr. Floyd. He had right. worked with them before. Yeah. Which makes it even more interesting. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Um, so again, I, you know, I don't want to overdo the employment aspects here. I do think that it may not be the end of it yet. Definitely uh, not. And once that investigation is complete, I mean, the union may be keeping quiet for a whole bunch of reasons right now. Yeah. Um, but it's possible that they could grieve it or try to reinstate those officers. Uh, and we will obviously be talking more about that if it happens uh, in upcoming uh, discussions. But uh, it has led to such an outcry that, you know, the politics of it are almost inescapable given everything going on with COVID right now and the fact mm -hmm. that, you know, armed individuals can storm capitals and not suffer any consequences, consequences. but uh, there's a completely unjustified murder of a black man and mm -hmm. those protests are unacceptable to certain individuals. And I, I struggle with that. Um, yeah, there's, there's, I want to be understanding. I mean, I totally understand the anger. I totally right. get the anger. Right. And it doesn't um, justify the violence towards businesses and other individuals who aren't right. involved. I want to be very clear about that. And in particular, the businesses that have been largely affected are small businesses, minority owned, uh, female owned businesses in a part of the city that has historically been blighted. I mean, and the part mm -hmm. of the Phillips neighborhood when I was a kid was declared by President Clinton as a national disaster zone. So it received a bunch of funding. It had, has come back in great deal, but now this is you know decimated. Um, one of my friends who went up to the area um, said it looks like a war zone up there. So not great. Yeah. Should we move so, to the yeah. other race issue? Yeah. The People's Cooper? The People's Cooper. So we, I, at first I was so confused because everybody here's last name is Cooper. Cooper. Um, but this is the incident. I'm sure all of you are familiar with it where an individual was walking her dog in the part of Central Park called the Ramble. Uh, and a, another individual asked her to leash her dog, uh, which was unleashed. And there are signs up saying that you must leash your pets in that area. And rather than simply say, okay, <laughs> as you would hope, especially given the signage and other things, and, and, you know, she decided to call the police and let them know that she was being threatened by an African-American man, uh, mm -hmm. completely making that story up. And it's all on video. Changing her voice to make right? it sound more hysterical. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, she suffered swift reaction uh yeah. and i i was frankly surprised it's not the wrong decision and and you and i were even texting about it while it was <laughs> happening between the time when the news came out and when when her job consequences occurred saying well obviously the right decision here is to fire her there's not even a whole lot to investigate because it's right in front of you yep. you can see it on the video that is right in front of you and we both agreed on that outcome. I think we disagreed as to the swiftness with which it would happen. Uh, and uh, you called it. Um, <laughs> I don't think that was a given for many companies. I think a lot of companies would have taken some time to spend more time and figure out not only is there a policy violation or something else, but 
you know, what are the winds of, of the politics and public publicity around it going to look like? In this case, um, what's the name of the company? Franklin Templeton, Templeton. I believe. Templeton, yeah. Uh, they moved swiftly, and by the following morning, that that same day, she was placed on leave. And yeah, she was put. Term- yep, she was put on administrative leave and terminated within twenty four hours. Essentially, right. The next morning, she was fired. Morning uh, your which, time. Yes. Fine. Okay. Miss. Morning on the West <laughs> Coast. It's time. always morning on the West Coast. Um, mm-hmm. So that that was really well done by them, and I I can't say that all or even most larger corporations would handle it that swiftly uh especially you know if we were talking five or ten years ago it's especially would not have happened that quickly but even today it's not a given and so i applaud them for for taking a look at it realizing what it meant quickly and taking quick action about it yes i i i look at situations like this where an investigation is like a charity thermometer and stop me if I've said this before, but it's like a charity thermometer. And when you're doing the investigation, you get more and more information until at some point you ding the bell of this has got to be the action you have to take. Right. Um, you could you could do a quote unquote thorough investigation and dig up under every rock and look everywhere, but you've hit if you hit the ding, there's no other decision that you can make. And the same w- was true with Matt Lauer. The same was true with with Amy Cooper. Is that if you look at the video and know that she is a vice president for your organization and she presumably has supervisory authority over other people and is making hiring and firing decisions. And if this is her racist response to being told to put her dog on a leash, then how is she treating the people around her? And that is a that is a quick line to draw of if any time there was a decision that she made that someone alleged was discriminatory or harassing, exhibit A is going to be that video. And so for right. an organization to look at that, they have definitely dinged that bell. They've gotten to the point and Clearly. there was no other decision that they could make. And there's no way she could be effective going forward. No, no. I, I mean, Mr. Cooper, Christian Cooper, in this situation, has given an interview, I think, to the New York Times or New York Magazine, and has said he didn't necessarily think that her world should come crashing down, which I think he has more grace than a lot of other people, including me, on this particular topic. However, if the organization is going to be harassment-free, discrimination-free, they have to remove her because there's always going to be a pall over her for this behavior, at least until she proves that she wants to be anti-racist, that she wants to learn and improve on this. And that just won't happen for a bit yet, at least not based upon the interviews that she has given. Yeah, no. And I thought, you know, she put out a statement. It wasn't the literal worst statement I've ever seen, but it didn't take the full responsibility <laughs> no. I would have liked to have seen. Uh, and It was the and equivalent of I have a black friend. Right. And I'm not racist. Well, mm-hmm. no, you're racist. And... Owning that first would have been a good first step towards towards moving forward uh, and regaining that sort of credibility and trust. And she wasn't there yet from the statements that I saw. No. And as a white woman, you know, racism is going to be in me too. I am going to make stupid mistakes. I am going to let my privilege show. And I have to be ready if I'm going to be anti-racist that I have to say, oh my God, I didn't realize this. I am so sorry. How can I do better? Like, what 
do I need to learn to make this better? And her statement did not include any of that. No, it did not. And and learning to be vulnerable and open to your own mistakes and accepting responsibility for those mistakes uh, is a lesson I wish more people would learn. Uh, yeah. And she, it's something she still clearly needs to learn. Uh, Absolutely. Let's move on to a third thing that happened this week. Now, this was less publicized. I think that had this happened in a week when the other things hadn't happened, it's all we would be hearing about today. And I'll present this because it's from my home state of Pennsylvania, my original home okay. state yes. of Pennsylvania. Um, and this takes place in the state legislature, which is an interesting body when it comes to employment issues, certainly. So within the Pennsylvania state legislature, a Republican lawmaker was diagnosed with COVID. Mm-hmm. Once that positive diagnosis came back, he informed the Republican leadership and HR within the Capitol that he had received that diagnosis, and they informed the other Republicans. Yet, there was a substantial period of time when he was contagious or positive, right, where he hadn't yet received mm-hmm. his test and his results. Uh, where he was in contact with people all over the building, not just mm-hmm. Republicans, but also Democratic lawmakers. And their he, staff, yeah. Right. He was diagnosed on the 20th. The Republicans were informed very soon thereafter, and the Democrats didn't find out until the 27th. So a whole week goes by, and it's not because they told them. It was, I don't remember exactly how it came out, but it had something to do with some reporters snooping around who ultimately got it out of them, and that's how the, the Democrats found out about it. about it. And a Democrat from Philadelphia, uh, Brian Sims, uh, who also incidentally, I believe, is the first gay legislator in Pennsylvania, or openly gay legislator in, in uh, Pennsylvania House, uh, went on what can only be described as, at least somebody from my political point of view, the, the justified rant to end all rants uh, with a fairly profanity-laden 12-minute Facebook Live video where he, he excoriated the <laughs> Republican leadership word. Uh, and accused them, and I think rightfully so, of playing games with the lives of people around them for political purposes and, and not just the the lives of the people he came into contact with but with their families and the people right. that they live with so yes so so to to look at that from a employment standpoint is fascinating right so we have someone who is positive for covid now for hipaa reasons you may not be able to or want to sorry go ahead time out you say HIPAA because you've been in healthcare for a while. Not every employer is subject to That's HIPAA. That's right. That's so. right. So I should rephrase that to say <laughs> the Republicans are claiming HIPAA and confidentiality as saying, mm-hmm. and he is out there saying, no, HIPAA doesn't apply here. Okay, so so we have mm-hmm. that. But they are saying we didn't want to reveal this to other people. Well, why was it okay to reveal it to Republicans and not Democrats? And even if you can't reveal it, then you'd still let people know that there was a potential exposure. Right. And for, yeah, for my clients, there's a lot of, oh my gosh, we have a COVID case. What do we do? We want to tell everybody. 
And the response under the Americans with Disabilities Act is that diagnosis is confidential medical information. You can't identify who it is. You can go say, we have an outbreak. This is what we're doing to make sure that the, you guys haven't been exposed or we're trying to mitigate any chances that you've been exposed, uh, including hand sanitizer, hand washing, social distancing, putting a plexiglass, all that stuff. But there is nothing to prohibit you from saying, this is what we've been doing. And in particular here, because these people have been working very close quarters, the Speaker of the House, who maybe because of the nature of it may be um, in management for lack of a better term can say to everybody hey we've had an outbreak this is what we've been doing please make sure that you are taking care of yourself and if you experience any symptoms you go get a test or you might want to go get a test now if tests are more available etc but just to tell half the or a part of the legislature that seems super duper fishy to me of course, it seems fishy. And it, I would liken it now, not every state, I actually don't know if Pennsylvania is one of these states, some states have, have passed laws saying you can't discriminate against people based on their political affiliation or political beliefs. I don't know about Pennsylvania. But let's let's put it into something that's covered in every state. Let's say they came back and you know, it turns out somebody tests positive, And the male leadership only tells the men. <laughs> right? Or the white leadership only tells the white people, right? In that case, in, an, in a normal employment context, this is That's liability, yeah, huge liability. In this case, it's potentially playing with the lives of individuals, colleagues, and their families, mm -hmm. right? And in this case, Mr. Sims, the, the representative who, who exposed all of this, he hadn't told anybody about this but he had recently donated a kidney to a constituent. Yeah. And oh. he, because of that recent surgery that he had. He's at risk. He's at risk. And he hadn't told folks about it because he didn't want to be a politicized or turn into something that was political. And he shouldn't have to in order no. to get, right? We should assume that everybody may have some health condition that would put them at risk. And that's why we tell people that there's a potential for exposure or that they were potentially exposed. And I understand why he's as irate as he is. And he's been calling for the speaker, the House speaker to step down and says that this is yet another political game Republicans are playing in a state that is, you know, a very split swing state, but the mm -hmm. state legislature is so gerrymandered that it's got huge majorities of Republicans in both houses. Uh, to not tell the Democrats uh, or their leadership, um, I just can't, I mean, I just, there's no words. I, I just can't even conceive of of how they can justify that. No, no, nothing. No. So that's, that's a big news story that you may not have heard. <laughs> okay, bring it on. Can you give me All some right. good old fashioned harassment? Yeah. So do you want to start with, with my story here? Do you want sure, to start with, let's start with okay. your story? Okay. Uh, I have an article that my wife forwarded me actually, uh, from Jezebel called, uh, the title hedge fund bros allegedly had fuck, marry, kill list of women coworkers, including Chelsea Clinton. So this is I mean, based on 
Ugh, just makes me so angry. Okay, oh, it's, yes. this is this is so disgusting. And, and mm-hmm. again, this is a lawsuit. There's allegations. They have not been proven. So I want to put that disclaimer out there. We are not assuming mm-hmm. that everything here is true. It's this true. is what's alleged. But let's say that it's five percent true. Five percent true. Five percent true. We're still we're still over a line. So so instead of fuck Mary kill, they only have the Mary part. Right. Still not appropriate. <laughs> still not good. Still a little more good. positive. <laughs> sure. A little less death. A little less uh, rape. Yep. A little less rapey. <laughs> um, so a lawsuit filed in Manhattan uh, against a Manhattan hedge fund called Advent Capital claims that male employees openly ranked female employees by having a fuck, marry, kill system. Um, no, thanks. Uh, former employee Courtney Robb says in her lawsuit that she was fired from the multi-billion dollar hedge fund after complaining about that the fact that her male bosses had this fuck, marry, kill list. Uh, she says that they moved her from marry to kill after she complained about the toxic, sexist environment, which included constant words like bitch and the C word on the training floor. And, and she reported this to the company's CEO. A mere five minutes after complaining, according to the lawsuit, She says she was called into the office of Terry Maitland, the fund's founder and chief investment officer, who allegedly minimized her complaints by labeling them. You want to take a guess? No. Locker room talk. Oh, oh, it's just boys will be boys. It's It's just just boys will be boys. I mean, right. The president says that's okay. It must be okay. God dang. Right. and, And I've said this earlier in pre-Kate times on the podcast, I have spent many years in men's locker rooms. <laughs> I, I have, have never not. heard anyone say things like this. So, I grew up in highway-heavy road construction, and I still have not heard anyone say this. So, I mean, I've heard some dirty jokes, but not, let's rank the list. No. No, 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 no. So according to the suit, he responded to her suggestion that the company prioritized female leadership with a statement that could also double as a sexual harassment training handbook example of statements that are illegal in the workplace. What do you want me to do? He allegedly responded. Hire more women? They'll just end up leaving to take care of kids. I'm sorry, what? You oh heard me. Oh my God. Then... So th- Okay, keep going. There's more. I see if I can take it. Uh, as if worried sex, such, and I'm quoting the article here, as, as if worried such sexism hadn't hit enough horrible Wall Street man cliches, a portfolio manager who reported directly to Maitland allegedly told other men at Advent that Miss Rob was such an uptight bitch that she was already at wife status, according to the New York Post. Get it? Because women turn into bitches as soon as they become wives. Har har. The uh, commentary uh. also apparently extended to Chelsea Clinton, whose foundation was housed in the same office building, and whom Advent Capital employees frequently saw in the building's lobby. On her best day, Chelsea Clinton is a three, proclaimed the same portfolio manager who called her an uptight bitch. Eventually, Rob 
and two other women in the office began wearing headphones to drown out the cacophony of male voices calling out unsolicited opinions on women's bodies. Uh, the suit alleges Maitland also soon put the kibosh on that, uh, but um, on them allowing them to wear their headphones, but male employees were still allowed to. Oh so God, I'm going to leave awful. it there. Advent has a uh, crafted response. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we can't comment on pending litigation, but we believe that this complaint does not fairly or accurately recount the facts of the matter. Um, that's awful. So that's, that's that's a story that happened this week. Okay, you ready for mine? Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, if you are unaware, Indeed is the number one job board in the world, or at least in America. And after what appears to be months of going back and forth between a female sales rep, her attorney, and Indeed's attorneys, uh, she filed a lawsuit in the Southern District of New York this week. Uh, the law, or I believe it's the 18th, so maybe just a little bit more than a week. Um, she alleges that when her first job out of college was going to work at Indeed, and when she was 22 during orientation weekend in Stamford, Connecticut at a hotel, they went bar hopping for a bit. She was pushed against the back of an elevator, followed to her room by a manager out of Indeed's Texas office, raped. He left the condom in the trash can in her room. Uh, and then she alleges that she told multiple managers over a period of time uh, about the rape. She went and got a rape test kit uh, there is an ongoing investigation in Stanford, Connecticut for the rape itself. She suffers from PTSD and has several other medical conditions that have arisen from the trauma due to the rape in part. She requested various kinds of reasonable accommodations, and she continued to suffer harassment at the hands of other managers. She also alleges that individuals who were female, if they had sexual relationships with other managers, they were promoted faster. And in March of 2020, Indeed sent a, it's categorized as a letter in her complaint. Um, but I think what was more likely the case is that they were notifying folks that, that this new policy would go into effect in March that they could no longer have romantic relationships or they were discouraging romantic relationships, specifically if they would have an impact on promotions, raises, et cetera. Um, and that, that notice or letter certainly seems to admit that that had happened because they weren't going to do any discipline looking back, but they would do discipline looking forward. Right. And so if that letter exists and if these allegations are true, uh, I don't know why Indeed didn't, settle this case i am i am shocked the the complaint is 40 pages long and it does not lack for detail it has a ton of detail in it and including detail that in the response to what plaintiff's counsel had said like that comes up multiple times so they had been in negotiations i just don't understand why indeed would let this continue on and get to a litigation and not settle the matter 
Yeah, I mean, I, I had the same thought. Now, I, I will put on my defense lawyer hat for a moment <laughs> as somebody who has yep. been in the position of having bad facts, but also a plaintiff who is asking for more than I can give. Absolutely. So there's all sorts of reasons why indeed may not have been able to settle this. Uh, that being said, I would have tried my darn best before these allegations became public. And, you know, in a lot of cases that aren't getting to settlement quickly, a plaintiff will file the case mm -hmm. so that there's well, public and, and pressure and to get it resolved. Right. And in this particular case, she had to have filed a charge of discrimination first right. because she includes a lot of Title VII and ADA claims in it. So to the extent there was this initial step, right. um, my particular to this case, like if this was another organization, let's say if it was Amazon, if it was, uh, I don't, you know, other organizations, they could have weathered this through it. But because of what Indeed does, it already is marketing to recruiters and to HR it, folks. It's a bit fundamental to their function. Right. It's, a, it's fundamental to their sales. It's fundamental to their brand. It's what they do. And so now it's kind of presented to people, their customers saying, okay, we don't think this is true. Although they, in their statement, they kind of admit, well, we did look into it once it became a criminal complaint. like. Well, right, but Why did, did you, you not have notice then? of it before that? Before, right, before. Uh, so I have questions about their response to it. But mm -hmm. it's still, this is your core business. If she wanted $10 million to keep this quiet, you might be affected by $10 million by the businesses saying, I can't do business with you because I don't want you, the stink of what's happening to you on me. You know what I mean? Uh, I agree. And I can't put whatever that value is that that they're willing to go to for it. I, you know, there's mm -hmm. so many unknowns that I, right. I, I'm not. Yeah. I, I, and it's not to say that everything in that complaint is true, but, you know, contrary to our reputation, we definitely have an ethical obligation to say our client's truth and not go above and beyond that, you know, and just make stuff up in a complaint. I mean, for. Right this particular woman, this is her truth, so. Yeah, well, I will be interested to see how it continues to play out if we hear that it settles. Um, they're gonna have to respond to the complaint, so it'll be interesting to see as a publicly filed document what they admit to and what they deny, mm -hmm. though they may just blanketly deny everything. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's another crazy story from this week. They were just doing stories this week. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I have something else, and I didn't actually float this with you ahead of time, but I have something else I wanted to mention. And I don't know, have you discovered this website called didtheyhelp.com? Oh, no. It sounds interesting. This, this is a very cool website that is specific to COVID-19. And ah. you, can, you can go on it and find out if a particular company has responded well or not so well. And this, the information that they're taking has to come from press releases, verified Twitter accounts, right? Other publicly public accounts of things that companies have done. And, you know, companies get rated. If they did something well, they get a plus one. If they get something, if they did something poorly, they get a minus one. 
And obviously, there's going to be a lot of big organizations out there that are getting way more pluses and minuses. And it's hard to say whether, you know, a specific plus one is really equal to a specific minus one. So it's, it's a little bit difficult. But what they do is they have a leaderboard of heroes and zeros. So the, the biggest leader is TELUS, which I assume is a telecommunications company. Uh, the biggest zero, perennial favorite, Hobby Lobby, oh, at, a minus, at a minus six. TELUS is at a plus 21. You know, there are some companies out there you've heard doing some bad things, but there's also some good things they're doing. So, mm -hmm. you know, you've got Walmart at a plus 13. That doesn't mean they don't have like six negatives, but it means that they'd have like 20 positive. Right. right? I looked, I went to hometown hero here of Target right away. Mm -hmm. And so they've got and a plus they're 10. number 10 on the positive list. Yeah. So I think that's a really cool way of kind of trying to hold corporations accountable to it, it, it sounds very similar to you know uh what is it vote with your wallet or something like that where if an organization was spending money giving you know black dollars or pack money to organizations that you didn't like you could go look on their list to see if they engaged in that kind of behavior so that's, that this is cool yeah and there's some that you would expect and some you wouldn't i mean donald trump is the biggest minus you know second biggest zero tied with Hobby Lobby. Harvard <laughs> University, not what I would expect to see there, is number four, zero. Um, Elon Musk is number 10 on the zero list. Uh, Office Depot, Hey, not he's going to have so a great good. big win tomorrow yeah. on Saturday. We'll, we'll mm -hmm. see. Uh, we'll, when you're listening to this, listeners, you'll know whether he had a win or not on Saturday. Yeah. We don't know. We can't Fingers predict crossed. our future yet. Absolutely. Um, so I, I just thought that that was an interesting resource interesting. for anybody who wants to see a little bit about, you know, and again, I would, I would go and dig deeper. You can dig into each one of these allegations so that you can weigh the relative merit of a plus or a minus um, mm -hmm. and see how you view that employer or company as having done. I just thought cool resource that somebody set up uh, that's out there that every, our it, listeners can take a look at. And it's also great fodder for union organizing. Yeah. Like, if I am a union, who is my next target going to be? I'm going to look at an organization that's got a lot of zeros there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, just wanted to put that out there. We'll wrap up with a story. Yay! So, we got two more. So, that's a little <laughs> so bit. So, we need more. We need, we need more, more. more. <laughs> Please, if you're thinking about it, just, you know, take a few Send minutes, put it down on paper. Uh, and, and I thought that this, this felt like this is one of the new ones. This felt like it fit a theme today. So. Okay. Okay. Let's go It's going to be it. super uplifting. <laughs> I feel sarcasm in your, your voice there. Hi, Mark and Kate. I have a couple of listener stories. The first one isn't so much a story as a response to the season two, episode two, uh, episode in which you discussed the oil field case. I have spent some time doing HR in the oil field, and I wanted to share some of the things that I've had to deal with during my time there. Everything listed below is from my first full-time HR job. This company had a fit-in or fuck-off philosophy. That's in quotes. <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping that's not actually like the official oh. policy. Uh, but uh, I've met some companies I, what, where that could be official. Yeah, like okay. a literal, like yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. In which the new hires were bullied to see how much they would put up with. 
Once the initiation was completed, the new hires were considered to be part of their crew, uh, which would become their family while working away from home. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that happened to the new hires were ejaculating in the new hire's gloves. Excuse me? Yeah. Cutting I was hoping new... like it would be like a wedgie, but this is like way no, worse than no, that. No, no, it starts, okay. it starts full speed. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Cutting a new hire's hair because he looked greasy. Uh, giving them new names. Examples. Someone with a large nose was called Gonzo. Someone with a similar name to Muhammad was named Dave. <gasps> right. Yeah. It's got religious all over it. Yep. Yes. One new supervisor that we hired kept track of the number of times a new hire messed up by making ticks on a whiteboard. Every time the new hire got to five ticks, he got kicked in the crotch with steel-toed boots. Yeah. I want to see the OSHA report on that one. That's right. First report of injury. I got kicked in the nuts. nuts. Yep. Every time I did five things wrong. This was actually <laughs> something I investigated, and the supervisor did get written up. Well, at least, at <laughs> so least glad he got they got written, written up. up. He was later fired for something else two weeks later, and I left hanging here if that didn't get him fired. <laughs> what did? What did? Even I was not left <laughs> out of the initiation. Within my first week on the job, I had the general manager, my boss, send me a, a video of a Middle Eastern teenager having sex with a goat. Okay. The amount of racism I had to put up with over my two years of employment was indescribable. But to give you a little taste, I was told that I was not to hire black people or anyone of color or any women. The reasons were black people are lazy. Women will have sex with all the guys, and we hire skinheads who won't put up with working with other races. I could, however, hire Asians because they are hard workers. Oh, my God. So we're, we're playing to every disgusting stereotype here. Yep. I want you to know that I did hire everyone who was qualified, and a lot of those beliefs were slowly changed over the two years that I worked there. So, I mean. Applaud that. Absolutely. My second story. <laughs> I was working as an HR manager, and I received a phone call from someone outside of the company who wanted to report something that he witnessed and wanted me to know the type of people I have working for my company. Apparently, someone who worked for my company went on vacation out of state. During his vacation, on which uh, he drove his very expensive sports car, his car was hit by an elderly lady. According to the caller, this employee went off on the elderly lady and told her that he was a police officer in his state and that he was on vacation and that she, the elderly lady, would be sorry. Okay. <laughs> what? I'm just going to lie to the old lady and tell her I'm a right. police officer so that she gets super scared. Yep. Okay. I mean, what a fun thing to do to the elderly the witness was so disturbed by this interaction that he Googled our employee's name and got his LinkedIn profile. Not only is this not a regular employee, he was also our director of operations. Oh, I took the information and gave it to my boss, the CEO, to deal with, because not only was this employee the director of operations, he was also an owner, so there wasn't much I could do. 
He wasn't going to get fired or even disciplined. I suggested the CEO have a conversation with him about off-duty conduct and being mindful about social media not being private. And that's oh, where the story ends. My gosh. It is really, really hard when you have someone who is in an ownership structure, who's the one who's engaging in the behavior, and you're in HR, are powerless to do anything about it. I get it. That is so hard. Right, especially for that closely held, smaller kind of company that has mm -hmm. no board of directors. Right. right? And, and in this case, it wasn't the CEO. He did report to the CEO, but he was an owner. And I don't know what that means in terms of uh, stake and percentages and stuff like that. But if, it's going to be very hard to get action taken against someone in that position. And it could put your job on the line as the HR mm -hmm. person uh, for trying to do something about it. And, you know, it's still the right thing to do. That's easy for me to say if I'm not the one with my right. job on the line. Right. So I applaud the listener for doing the right thing. I get that it must have been so incredibly difficult. And I hope over time you understand that you have had a titanium spine and you keep going. Woohoo. Yeah. So I think we're going to wrap up this uplifting episode <laughs> of Hostile Work Environment there. It's the rant, rant uh, episode. Hopefully next time we will have some more good news or uplifting things to talk about uh and maybe we can find a case that's not current <laughs> <laughs> to think about the good old days of discrimination uh good old-fashioned tna yep mm -hmm. good old-fashioned ass grab case uh <laughs> as my former co-host used to like to call it um so uh we'll be back in a couple of weeks unless something comes up in the meantime Thank you for listening. You can find yes. us, send those stories, send your uplifting stories to hwepodcast at gmail.com. Kate, how can folks find you? You can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter at K8BISCH. And I hope all of you are staying safe, whether you are in my great state or not, but I hope you all are staying safe and healthy. Where can we find you, Mark? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Salad Pants. <laughs> and you can find me at alifanslaw.com. Uh, I appreciate everybody listening. And we will be back in a couple of weeks. Bye, everyone. Bye.